Hello, you are listening to Girl Talk. Um, today I am joined by Cora and Amelia. Say hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and um, today, later on in the episode, we are going to talk about kind of the definitions of what it means to be a feminist, especially when maybe you're a bit more of a controversial figure. Um, like, do these women, should they be celebrated for, you know, succeeding these high profile positions or should you know instead they be looked at for the controversial things that they do but before that um normally like to start the podcast with something a little bit more light-hearted before we get into you know the deep feminism stuff but um this week I just don't think obviously that's going to happen because um three days ago the government announced that they were going to uh, once again ban at-home medical abortion. Um, Back in lockdown, Matt Hancock um, decided to allow at-home medical abortion due to, you know, social distancing, uh, pressure on the NHS, things like that. And actually, over the last, um, over the pandemic, they found that 40% of abortions were um, taking place at home. So the government decided back in February... Um, that they were going to ban at-home abortions, but it has just been released in the last week or so. Obviously, gutted about this. You know, it's such a step back in terms of, like, female equality and for getting rid of the shame around getting an abortion. But before we get into, you know, controversial feminists or controversial non-feminists, what do you guys think? What are your thoughts about this? Um, I have to agree with you that it's very um, just controversial to start with and a massive step back in development in equality in general just because again it's bringing back the shame around abortion and obviously a lot of the time with going to an abortion clinic you have to face all of the awkwardness of having to tell a doctor your deepest emotions around an abortion your medical conditions everything about that just so that you um, can say I'm not ready to raise a child and it's never really anything never really anything too deep behind why women are looking for abortion it's just that they sometimes it may just be that they're not ready to raise a child and bring them into the world and in for some women who put them into put these children into adoption afterwards it's just more children who go without families or are put into difficult life circumstances and I feel like women should be allowed to have that choice to not end up with that result and they should be allowed to kind of have the autonomy around their pregnancy and not be forced to feel shame guilt or anything like that by having to go to an actual clinic whereas being at home the choice is entirely theirs. Yeah, of course. Amelia, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, I agree with Cara. I agree that when it comes to the woman, it's entirely her personal choice to decide whether she wants to have an abortion in the safety of her home, where, you know, a lot of women aren't comfortable going to abortion clinics. And of course, you know, abortion clinics do have kind of a a stigma surrounding them by the pro-life community. And there's been protests outside of abortion clinics. And a lot of women maybe wouldn't want that type of attention on them to go to an abortion clinic or to have an abortion done medically. So I really feel like it's taken a big choice away from women when, you know, the government are, you know, basically stopping um, at-home abortions. 
yeah no I, I completely agree with both both of you in terms of what you said I think that do you know what? I, I think you know I've had enough with governments um around the world this isn't just our government um you know telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies I think you know I am hugely pro-choice I think there is no shame in an abortion I think no matter your reasons for an abortion I think it is completely your decision and these abortions these at-home abortions they were you know they're still safe it's not like you can just order an abortion pill at home you know you still had to talk to a GP you still had to have a uh, online consultation about your medical history and things like that you know I think it was such a step forward for women in the pandemic to be able to have an abortion in the comfort of their own home also like an abortion is emotionally taxing it's not just physically taxing you know you you have to deal with you know for some women it's not emotionally taxing and I think doesn't make you wrong or right if it is or isn't but you know the ability to be at home and have that emotional support too is really important so I think it is such a shame that the government have decided to ban them and um, if you are listening to this and you feel that it is too a shame then please write to MP please say that you are disappointed if you feel that that is something you want to do but anyway for today's main topic we are as I said in the start we're going to talk about you know the definitions of being a feminist and what a feminist looks like in terms of um, how controversial they are in their political views Um, we're going to mainly focus today on politics and I think I want to open with a question to you both which is going to be how do you think that certain women so let, let's just use examples I'm not, I'm not you know outing these women as um, unfeminist or, or whatever but let's talk about like Pretty Patel you know this is a woman and importantly a woman of colour who has come to an incredibly high position in government which you know there's not been especially historically there's not been that many women that have reached um that high position but she is not celebrated by feminists do you think what what do you think you know your point of view is on the fact that these women who maybe do accomplish these high level positions what is your opinion on the fact that they maybe don't get the celebration from feminists that some would argue that they should Cora what about you I think it's down to the way they change and the way they end up presenting themselves to the public once they're in these high positions so personally I think with like Priti Patel or Farid Hughes like in the past Theresa May for example a lot of time they scrap away their more feminine side they start to act more like their male counterparts in politics they no longer embrace their what makes them different what makes them a woman or whatever they identify as And I think that's a huge shame because for me, what part of being a feminist and looking up to other women is about is admiring them for their own differences, for what makes them a woman and without being forced to kind of conform to the expectations of their role, just to be in that role. Because politics is not, um, going with the example, it's not a male world it doesn't have to be a male world it's just so many times we get these female leaders in politics 
who change themselves to fit the male ideal of what a politician should be like but we don't need to do that and I think that's why they're not celebrated because of everything I've just said why should we celebrate them when they Mm -hmm. are going against everything that really they should be they're just trying to be what their co-workers would want what their idea of a powerful person is yeah yeah I genuinely think that when somebody is to be celebrated by feminists, I feel like they would need to help out their fellow women and uplift their fellow women and give their fellow women a platform to speak. But once, you know, these politicians have entered this male-centric environment, they felt as if they needed to conform to this culture of misogyny. And it's really unhappy to see, you know, like, for example, using the you know, the abortions at home not being allowed anymore. You know, this government allowed it to happen, despite the fact that there are women who were influential in this government, who know what a big choice it is for the women. They don't use their platform to help or defend other women. And they allow the people who follow them to be misogynistic as well. And I just feel like that is not a good example to set. And maybe that's why they're not, you know, getting as much admiration from other feminists. No, I agree. I think I have... So I have a slightly alternate kind of opinion in this, in the sense of, I don't think, I think it's a shame, I I agree with what you guys say in the sense of it is a shame that these women come to these positions and they have to almost masculinise themselves, let's say. I don't know if that's worth, but I'm going for it. Um, And I think there is that element, but I think it's a part of what is forced upon them in the sense of, you know, when Theresa May was prime minister, I remember vividly the photos of her shoes and the focus on her shoes. She had these leopard print shoes and it was all over the headlines. You know, no one cares what shoes Boris Johnson wears. No one cares. And it was the same with Margaret Thatcher. And it's the same. It's the same with women in politics. There is always going to be a focus on a woman's appearance in politics that there isn't for a man. You know, so I think even though these women have kind of pushed away their femininity, I think there is a an element there that has forced them to do it in the sense of maybe it is easier as a woman in politics to choose to just become masculinized because you don't want your career to be focused on the fact that you are a woman. And I think it's really interesting that I think one of the reasons they're not celebrated by feminists is similar to what Amelia said. They don't do anything to embrace the feminist cause. I mean, Margaret Thatcher was outright, didn't want to be described as a feminist. You know, she didn't believe in feminism. Um, And I think they don't really do anything to help the cause, but I also think they oppress other groups in so many ways that they can't almost be celebrated by feminists because, you know, you can't celebrate someone if they're empowering women, but they're, you know, disabling other marginalised groups from like succeeding in society. I think that's what people often say about Priti Patel um and you know she's been home secretary during the sarah everon case and you know there wasn't there isn't much standing there of her for being a feminist but i also this is my next question for you both i think you know i know we're talking about politics but when i watched miss americana has anyone seen that taylor swift documentary i haven't seen it but i want to yeah no it is quite good i wasn't a massive taylor swift fan before um, I've now learned that that's because um, as a young teenage girl, I wasn't allowed to like anything. 
um, without being ridiculed for it. Um, and I think that's the same with all women. You know, it's so villainized if we like anything feminine. But anyway, that's a whole other episode. And I watched the Taylor Swift documentary and I saw her record her video for, um, gosh, it's, I think it's called If I Were a Man. It's I'm the man. The man. The man. That's the, the man. one. Yeah. That's the one. There we go. Um, and, you know, I watched that and I thought that is so true. You know, like these women, I'm going to talk about Pretty Patel, Margaret Thatcher. I'm just taking it back to politics. If you haven't seen The Man, but it, I'm the man. What's it called? <laughs> the Man. <laughs> the Man. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, if you haven't seen The Man video by Taylor Swift, watch it, read the lyrics. It's, you know, very accurate. It's not complicated feminism. It's very simple. But the, basically the premise is, you know, if, if I was a man, they would celebrate my successes and they would call me a boss, but they call me a bitch, stuff like that. And um, I think when it comes to these women in politics, especially, you know, the Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, or Pretty Patel and kind of, you know, how focused it is on her being this like hard-lined, I'm going to swear again, but a bitch. Um, and I think there is that level though of they are hound to this standard of being feminist, being anti-feminist because they are so controversial. And I was going to ask you guys, do you think there is a, maybe an element of kind of misunderstanding maybe in the feminist sector of these women when they have these kind of positions? Do you think maybe enough focus is on the how much they've struggled in comparison to men? Or do you think that maybe the fact that they are these high, hardline politicians, these controversial politicians, do you think maybe that is almost too much central, too central to their, the discourse around them? Amina, what do you think? feel like often it's true that when I hear about you know a lot of these prominent you know women in politics that have made it to the you know to the very top I hear a lot about you know their policies and how cruel they are and you know most of the time I agree but I can't confess that I've heard a lot about the struggles that they've been through yeah. to get to where they are yeah and I you know I always imagine that they have this this brew up that you know perhaps men would have taken but then I think you know maybe that wasn't the case you know because often when you know when there's news articles to do with these male politicians it's like Boris Johnson Eton to Oxford to the mayor of London to um, prime minister but they never do that with you know with women politicians and they never they never explore their lives the way they really do the men's lives because a man's life in politics is always so much more interesting when it's a yeah. woman's life it's oh you know it's just boring she's just a woman she went into politics because she she wanted to be in charge of something you yeah know? and and we never really get that background into the way that a woman kind of claws her way up the ladder in some cases the same way that with a man it's a glide yeah yeah, of course. Uh, Cora, do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, I do. I think um, everything Amelia said, for one. But I also think it's partly because we're still in an age where a lot of traditional archetypes are surrounding what a woman is, and we're yeah. still trying to break free from that. And in particular, it's like a leader is still somewhat seen as a man. So when you have women such as Pretty Patel, Theresa May, etc., in positions of power, those roles are still associated as being a man's role. So it's very much difficult in general for women 
to understand how or what goes into achieving those roles if we look at just the education system in general girls aren't taught or even shown role models that are leaders in the modern day yeah and I think that really influences what feminists expect role models or female leaders that they see in the media to be like because we don't actually know what a female leader should be it's still something we're still trying to work out something we're trying to understand and I think that causes a lot of controversy and a lot of misunderstanding and that's where a lot of grief is given towards female leaders as a result and I'm personally from a STEM background well I do English but I'm currently on placement in a STEM company and in the gaming industry which is what this company is in um, many companies only have 30% of their leadership being women is even less than that so if you just look at businesses in general the fact that there's hardly any women in leadership roles already and then you look towards governments and politics it's no wonder we're so confused about what we should be looking up for in a female leader and arguably it's why we're always so aggressive towards one especially when the media just wants to focus on their um, outfit for the week or whether they're wearing Louboutins. Yeah I, I agree with what both of you have said. I do think as well that there is that expectation of what a female leader should be in the level in, in the sense of a female leader should be in society's view you know kind empathetic sympathetic um, collaborative you know I think there is so that the, the level that female leaders are held against in comparison to male leaders is completely different. And I think when you see, you know, politics, I'm, I'm just doing politics because it's one of the easier examples. When you see politics and you see the stereotypes of those female leaders, you know, I'm sorry, if a man had taken milk from school children like Margaret Thatcher did, he would have been called thatcher milk snatcher is because she's supposed to be you know a maternal person who would never take milk from children that's unfeminine it's unfeminine to show in society's view again not mine it's unfeminine to show any form of contempt for someone who is needing help as a woman and i think there is so that level in female leaders where they have to be sympathetic and kind and left-wing And don't get me wrong, I think everyone should be a feminist. And I do not celebrate these women because they do not amplify the voices of other women and they do not amplify marginalised groups. That's why I personally, as a feminist, don't celebrate someone like Priti Patel. I can appreciate her getting there. And just like Amelia said, we don't have a docuseries on (laughs) Priti Patel's climb to becoming Home Secretary or Margaret Thatcher. There are documentaries about Margaret Thatcher, but they're not necessarily gendered ones. And I think, you know, politics is still so gendered, you know, there is, you know, there's never been a female leader of the Labour Party, they're left wing, what's that about? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I think putting it really, really simply. But I think those expectations of what you should be as a woman just really, like, come into play with things. I guess my, like, next question for you guys, like, do you think that, as a woman or as a feminist let's say because obviously not all women are feminists and not all feminists are women as a feminist do you think that 
you would celebrate these women more this is a really controversial question do you think you would celebrate (laughs) these women more if maybe they were more left-wing more approachable more small I guess liberal I don't know if you guys I actually don't know what you guys believe in in terms of politics and I'm not going to ask you to say but do you think that maybe even in your own feminist bias you know because we all have one do you think that maybe there's a part of you guys that kind of if you hear of a woman and she is she's she's you know a hard right-wing Tory or something do you appreciate her less as a woman I'm gonna jump in there and say I don't think you should appreciate her less less not left um (laughs) I think in general that I would only frown or appreciate someone less if the way they treated me was not very nice at all so I've met many people who are very conservative um leaning and they have been absolutely approachable, really friendly, especially like if you come from different backgrounds, they want to hear about it. But yeah. then occasionally you will come across people who are quite horrible. And I think that it's not dependent on your political leanings. I don't think anyone in particular associates with one party alone. We all have our own beliefs. So it very much, I think with politics, we lean towards whoever embodies the majority of our beliefs. And I think for me, if I saw like Priti Patel as a more approachable, friendly person in general, even if she was a man, then I'd be more likely to support her. But unfortunately, I don't see it as that. And I think in a way as well, it depends on a person's background, whether they would be supportive or not because I come from a working class background so it's very difficult at times for me and unfortunately it's something I do need to work on I get very prejudiced towards people who are from a class who don't actually acknowledge the working class in general so for me particularly I would struggle to support Pretty Patel from that point of view but then if there was someone in her position with the same beliefs as her who just in a way their personality was slightly different they were more open-minded per se um, more approachable then I feel like I would want to hear more about what their views are I'd want to hear more about what they do and I'd probably be more open to supporting them yeah so yeah I feel like often when it comes to with me it's not really about friendliness or approachableness more than it is about acceptance like for example some people can be very closed-minded and one of the reasons why you know it's often very difficult to view you know Priti Patel as sympathetic in a feminist lens is because she has as we said earlier not done much for women yeah I think deep down for me um, I'm, I'm not sure if this is controversial or not, but Say somebody's <laughs> personality, somebody's personality does not really make a difference yeah. when it comes to what they fundamentally believe in. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd be more likely to support someone who was more accepting of women and women's policies, even if they were still mean and hardline. Does that yeah. make sense? I completely agree. So, so if, if it, for example, if it was somebody very unapproachable, I would still support them if they introduced very feminist policies and stood up for other women um, as one of their main sticking points, because it helps out the movement more generally, if that makes sense. 
I completely oh, agree. definitely yeah. yeah I think as well you know there is so that thing of yeah it, it's policy over person it is and it's just it's unfortunate it's unfortunate for me and for us as feminists to see women that aren't feminists I think that's what it comes to for me I think you know if I met a woman who wasn't feminist wasn't a feminist and not just not a feminist was anti-feminist I think instead of you know I can't lie I would judge them I would I would you know I wouldn't be any different to them but I'd want to know why I think I'd want to have that discourse of like why aren't you a feminist you know what is it about the feminist cause that you don't agree with you don't align with but I think I completely agree with what Amelia is saying like you know it is your personality doesn't matter if you're really you know tough and whatever but you are a feminist and you're uplifting women then that's fantastic and if you're really friendly but you hate women <laughs> like it doesn't really matter it doesn't change my opinion of you and I think I think there's just it it's just a really really loaded topic of what line almost you know can you distinguish between a woman who has achieved a lot and a woman who has achieved a lot but hasn't done anything for other women because that's really what these politicians are you know especially if we're just looking at politics I know we've been really focused on politicians today but I think it's just because you know that's the most obvious example um can you celebrate them and remove their political alliance it's like the same with you know other celebrities actresses actors can you remove their political belief from who they are as a person this is the argument of like you know controversial artists or singers for decades now but I think when it comes to a woman um it's almost difficult I almost don't want to not celebrate them because I'm like oh you've done that but then it's difficult to celebrate them if they're not actually wanting to uplift me and other women so I guess that's kind of my like next question for you guys like do you think feminists should distinguish or they can not should but can they distinguish politics from success or or political alliance from the success of a woman what do you reckon so i'm going to jump in first again just to um quickly say on my previous points with the personality thing yeah um first i wouldn't support like completely support the woman say we should celebrate them um, just based on them being friendly or approachable it's more a case of I would be more opening to having debates and discussions with yeah, them yeah, because sure. it's so much more easier to yeah. discuss with that and I think that then ropes into this question in that I think we shouldn't celebrate them but I think we should acknowledge them yeah in that they have gotten to a position no other women have well many other women have not been now to achieve and I think that is something that needs to notice taken for as it's something that potentially younger women could see acknowledge learn from and then in the future assume that role but while supporting and uplifting other women and um this is going to be a bit controversial but a lot of the time in like when you're learning about leadership in school one example that is typically used is hitler because although he was an absolutely terrible person the skills he had were made him a great leader he was able to 
change the beliefs of the majority of a country and get yeah. them to act for what he wanted, yeah. which we never should celebrate him. But it's that acknowledgement of these skills helped him to achieve all the terrible things he did. And yeah. not comparing like Pretty Patel to Hitler, because that is well off in general. But it's again, we need to acknowledge the skills she has used, um, what she has achieved from using those skills. And again, just learn from them and see how we can develop skills like that to then move the feminist movement forward and also ensure more women get into leadership roles or positions where they can act as role models to other young women and girls. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, I think that as well, um, when it comes to feminism, there's kind of a difference between celebrating a woman's success because she's a woman in a high place and somebody being a feminist icon. Yeah. And I often feel like when it comes to feminism, you know, our, our job almost is to support and uplift women. And by saying, oh, we don't support this woman, we're not saying, oh, you know, we're not feminist. We're just saying we don't support her policies. You know, yeah. when a woman has made her way up to the top and she is uplifting other women and helping them to get there, that is when we can truly admire her as feminists because she has helped our cause dramatically and she's bringing, you know, feminism to the audience that needed the most because, you know, they're so used to politics being male-dominated, for example, another male-dominated field. No, Amelia, I, I completely agree. I agree with what both of you are saying. I also think, you know, there's that, you're, you, you're right, you can distinguish between supporting and celebrating. Um, and I think, you know, there is, there is success and celebration somewhere in the careers of these controversial figures female figures who have you know achieved things that women before them haven't or few women before them haven't I mean Margaret Thatcher's case she's she was the first British female prime minister so I think you know there is that difference between acknowledgement and celebration and I also think hopefully I mean we're a long way off unfortunately and you know hopefully it improves as we get older but I think there is there are more women now emerging in these spheres that you can celebrate and that you can kind of you know hail as like a as a feminist icon or people that you know are doing a lot for women you know our own mp like nadia whittone like she does so much for women um and she's someone you can really celebrate you know she's youngest mp and um one of the youngest mps and you know she's she's female and she's great and i think you know, there are people emerging in all kinds of sectors that do really promote the female cause. And I think that's just the thing that feminists want. You know, you want, like Amelia said, and, you know, you want women to bring themselves up and then bring everyone else with them and kind of, you know, not even that, but also shed light on their struggles as a woman getting there. Because I think that's half of the problem with getting um, kind of the feminist movement to become, you know, not taboo, which is ridiculous, but, you know, is women on these higher up places saying like, well, actually I have faced sexism and actually I have faced this, this and this. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, hopefully as time continues and politics becomes more diverse and these, you know, professional sectors become more diverse, hopefully we'll hear women who, you know, do uplift others. And I was just gonna ask, 
any final thoughts anything you guys want to add um at all about you know women in these sectors controversy what definitions of feminism anything chuck it in um one thing that i'd also like to say is i'm going to do a little add-on have you guys ever read michelle obama's autobiography i've read some of it i've read some of it yeah um one thing that michelle was advised to do um as the first lady or the aspiring first lady before um Mr Obama was president was to kind of hire a stylist because the way that she was dressing wasn't right to be the first lady and the way that she was dressing was too too bright or too colourful or she needed to wear more muted tones and she was also hailed as too aggressive during her speeches and I'm just saying as well it's extremely tough as well how disproportionate it can be for both women but especially women of colour yeah yeah in political environments so I do think there's a certain intersectionality that needs to be explored when it comes to women in male-dominated um kind of environments because there are lots of different interlapping factors which can make it much more difficult for women to be taken seriously I completely agree I think it goes without saying you know um women of colour in these positions face many more struggles and many more barriers to their, you know, climb to um, these higher positions. And I think that's why I guess, you know, and I've, I've really picked on her in this, uh, in this episode, but I guess that's why kind of my disappointment most lives with Pretty Patel. Not disappointment, that was a bit strong, but my, um, you know, that's why I guess I've centred so much around Pretty Patel because there is that level there of, she's a woman of color she's achieved so much and as a woman of color in politics and I think yeah it's so important to obviously highlight that not many women have become successful highly successful in politics let alone women of color and I think that's why you know it is important to open these spaces to allow more diversity not just within the male and female divide but also in terms of race and disability and sexuality and things like that. So yeah, I think a great point, Amelia. So I'm really happy you brought that up. Anything you want to add, Cora? Um, just that I agree with what both of you have said. I think, um, I know you just said that you think it's a strong word, but I think disappointed is a good word to use regarding like Pretty Patel or previous um, political leaders that are women, just because with the amount like the journey that feminist movement has gone through women in general becoming more and more active in the working world it's disappointing to see so many female leaders turn their back on other women and also just kind of dismiss the challenges that women have to face and just act as if it's a general problem for everyone rather than acknowledging all the privileges like let's say a white man has yeah and I think again it's really important that we focus on female role models who are uplifting others and are also representing minority groups as well we need to celebrate them bring them up more and not just accept whatever woman is in power at the time yeah, and okay. I think overall it's okay to be disappointed and to judge in that situation. Yeah, I agree. And I also think, you know, that we do need to kind of shed a light and amplify the voices of women 
that are in those positions of power that have are also do also belong to those marginalized groups you know and hear their struggles too because as women as feminists you know it's so important to obviously look at everything on like an intersectional basis and see things from different perspectives and things like that so I think you know not only is it important to discuss women that you're unsure whether you should celebrate but also it's important to talk about women that you should be celebrating even if they're less well known and on that note i think that's a good point to end the episode thank you both so much for joining me over zoom i've really enjoyed our conversation um and thank you for listening to girl talk 